everyone. I hope you're really well this week. Welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky, where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. My mission with this podcast is to help you reconnect to you, to feel happier, more joyful, calmer, and more alive, whatever that looks like for you. So maybe this podcast is going to inspire you to look at your health and self-care. Maybe it's thinking about your career and making work work for you. Maybe it's looking at your relationships or your relationship with yourself and finally addressing that inner critic and making a commitment to being kinder to yourself. So I chat to all sorts of well-being experts and game changers to help you become your healthiest, happiest and most alive version of you because that is what I think is the most inspiring thing to become for our children. This week I wanted to tell you about an app I've recently discovered and I'm really happy because they are now supporting the podcast. It's called Family Album. It's absolutely free on the App Store and has over 5 million users all over the world. So I was looking for a way to share photos of Jessie and my growing bump with mine and Guy's family, but without clogging up their phones with messages. And that was totally safe and secure. And this app is perfect. It's free, as I said, it's also ad free. And what my family have been loving the most is the one second movies, which the app automatically creates for you. My granny, who is 87, says she cries every time she sees one. It's so sweet. I highly recommend you check it out. Search family album wherever you get your apps from. Now onto this week's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Motherkind Podcast. Bit of a different episode this week. This episode is a paid partnership with a PR agency called Diffusion PR. So why did I work with Diffusion PR in this episode? Well, they commissioned a study of a thousand mums all across the country, lots of age ranges, demographics, so a real mix because they wanted to know and so did I, about what are the top pressures facing mums today. And as you know, if you listen to the podcast, this is something I talk about all the time, but there's actually not much data out there on this. So I was really excited to partner with Diffusion on this. So we asked a whole range of questions about the pressures of modern life, particularly focusing on social media and influencers. So in this episode, I interview one of the directors at Diffusion called Natasha Cobain. She is also a mum of two herself. So her and I talk through the stats that came out of this study, what we can do about it. And I share some of my best tips and insight about what to do about some of the pressures that came up. So it is quite a different episode. I'm really interested to hear what you're going to think about it. I suspect we might have quite good conversations on Instagram about this, about what you feel the role of influencers are, whether you feel they're positive or negative. And actually what came up in the study was pretty negative, to be honest with you. So I'm going to be really interested to hear your views on that. There's also a really interesting stat that came out about the extra time that mums are spending online. I'll let you hear it in the episode. I found it really shocking and I kept coming back to it. So I'm really keen to hear if that's your experience as well, if you spend 
a lot more time online now that you're a mum. And I want to know whether these pressures that we found in the study reflect the pressures in your life. So let's carry on the conversation on Instagram, motherkind underscore Zoe. Hopefully you all know that by now. And here is the episode. So something that motherkind is, and I'm really passionate about and interested in, is anything that shows if you're finding it hard it's because it is hard and you're not alone and that's what some of the stats show didn't it so should we share I mean I've been teasing people on Instagram (laughs) about these stats and what's come out so why don't we share some of the things that have come out around the pressures of social media and the pressures of being yeah so I think what's interesting is that we're actually seeing that kind of a lot of mums are feeling this pressure to really balance the commitments of work with the responsibilities of motherhood I think quite often you feel like you're being pulled in every other direction whether it's kind of you know work you've also got to to be a mum but you want to socialise and see your friends and family and you know there is a lot to do so I think that sense of pressure and those responsibilities we've seen as being as really kind of playing on the kind of the mum audience and a lot of them are feeling so they don't really have time and they feel overwhelmed by kind of the level of responsibility facing them and all of that is kind of leading to this sense of guilt so we found that kind of almost a third of mums are feeling really guilt-ridden about not spending enough time with their family which is really awful obviously you know you're struggling to balance all of these commitments yet you feel as though you're still not able to do the best that you can in terms of being a mum and then we also found that actually a lot of them admitted to actually wanting to feel a lot less stressed and anxious in their lives so I think a lot of that kind of shows that there's kind of this growing almost like kind of mental health issue when it comes to mums as they're kind of striving to kind of reach these levels of perfection that are quite often unattainable. Yeah, because we know, you know, and I talk about this loads on the podcast on Instagram, it's almost like a perfect storm of modern motherhood where we have more pressure than ever from things like social media, which we're going to get into. Often we're living in urban communities, miles from our families, sometimes on streets where we don't even know people. Mm. More mums are working full-time than ever before because of the high cost of living. Parental standards have gone up, which is a great thing. Mm. It wasn't so long ago we were smacking our children into compliance, (laughs) but equally, at the same time, support's fallen away. So the study asked, didn't it, what are the top 10 biggest pressures on mums? And you were just talking to some of those but it might be helpful to share those so nearly 50% of the people that we spoke to said that staying fit and healthy was one of the big pressures. Yeah. so staying fit and healthy and I think also kind of then we've got sort of not far behind that around kind of 40% struggling to kind of like looking after their own mental well-being yeah which actually we can look at as being, you know, that's a good thing in that mums are actually recognising the importance of looking after their mental well-being. And we've got also larger mums looking at kind of struggle to actually balance work with being a mum. And there's also this whole thing around the expectation to do all that other mums do. And I think that's where kind of social media plays quite an important role because you obviously, as a mum, you are spending a lot of time on social media And if you click onto your Instagram and all you see are these kind of beautiful images of, you know, mums that appear to be completely nailing it at at being a mum, you instantly will draw that comparison back to yourself. And that can actually make you feel as though perhaps you're not doing everything that you could be doing as a mum, which is an awful way to feel. Yeah, so we're going to get into social media a lot on this chat and, and the stats. But one thing that I just wanted to reflect on around these biggest pressures around staying fit and healthy, looking after my own mental well-being, and then balancing work. It seems to me that it comes down to one thing, which is time. Mm. 
And you're a mum, aren't you, of two? Yes. Yeah. Does your pressures reflect these top three, staying fit and healthy, balancing work and looking after your mental health? How do you find the time? Yeah, so I've got two young children. One of them's just started at school. So, yeah, so I always try to factor in sort of a little bit of time every day where I can, where I do something that's for myself. I mean, I don't think you should be see that as being, you know, selfish. I think it's about like just finding those moments where you can really set aside some time for yourself. What do you do? I run and I go to spin classes as well. So kind of that's the way I look after myself physically. And I actually find that by doing that, it's kind of just that release that I need really. And I try to do it kind of early in the mornings if I can. So then I've got to feel like for the rest of the day, I'm kind of, like I say, I'm in that really good frame of mind. Mm. And that's interesting because that reflects, doesn't it? One of our top pressures. Yeah. 48% saying fit and healthy. Absolutely, yeah. So that's really interesting Mm. that you've found a way. Does that feel like a pressure now then? Or does that feel like something that you're okay with in your life? I've tried to factor it in so that almost for me, it's normal. So I've kind of built a schedule for myself. Like my days are very kind of like, very structured in that, you know, I get up, do some exercise, I do the school run, then I come into work. And so it is very structured in that way, but I've kind of factored that into my day-to-day regime almost, that it's become part of the norm. But I know that it makes me feel better yeah. for doing that. So you're not leaving it to chance? No, absolutely. And I hope I find time today. Absolutely. You're, you're making it a priority. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. <laughs> Let's get into then some of the stats that came out around social media. What are some of the things we've seen from surveying these thousand mums around the country around social media? People finding it helpful or unhelpful? You know, obviously social kind of influencers have quite a really important role to play when it comes to... How do you define a social influencer? Because, like, that's maybe industry jargon Mm, a bit. It is. Okay, so I'd say it's someone that is on social media that shares advice and tips and has kind of influence over kind of consumers that follow them. So someone that seems... Yeah, so that's how I would describe it to someone that's listening to the podcast. I'd say you're a social influencer. I think it's someone that shares advice with the kind of the consumer audience and has influence over them. And I'd say, you know, mums and consumers, they really buy into these people. They listen to what they've got to say. And I think there's been a real trend towards, obviously, this image of perfection, this kind of flawless life that some of these, some social influencers seem to lead. And it's kind of means that mums are kind of on this, almost this quest for perfection themselves. And they feel like they're coming under pressure to project this kind of image of perfect parenthood on their own social channels. So I think we found from our own research, that it's almost become a little bit of a vicious cycle in that mums themselves are now thinking really carefully about the type of content that they're posting on social. They're kind of editing and cropping the images to remove sort of signs of mess in the background before they share on social media and I think you have to take a step back and think actually that's not what real life is like that's not what the reality is actually like there's kind of a real move towards mums that are almost seeing this kind of image of like this perfect life as a mum and then they're almost kind of reflecting that onto their own social media channels because we found didn't we in the study that 18% said that these influencers are painting and unhelpful view and that then 17% was saying that it puts pressure on them yeah. and what we saw in the study is that one way that that pressure is manifesting is that mums are then trying to match that idea of perfection exactly. by cropping out their yeah. 
own taking images. more than three images, yeah. three, taking yeah. multiple shots. But I think positively, we also saw that lots of mums are unfollowing influencers exactly. that they feel on. And that's what I would say. If, if you're following someone that doesn't yeah. make you feel good, unfollow. Absolutely. Like, we're under no obligation to follow people that yeah. make us feel good. So you're kind of almost in control of what you see on social media. You're totally in control. Yeah, so I think... Well, apart from ads. No, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's really important for people to remember that in that you can... If you're kind of confronted with a load of social media content that... It's making you feel rubbish. It's not painting this realistic picture. Then you can just unfollow it, and you can almost like create your own kind of Instagram feed with content that you want to see. And I think it can be more nuanced as well because I follow some of those influencers who project the perfect life, but sometimes I find that quite inspiring. I sort of know that it's not real. I know that it's a moment in time. I know that shot's probably been taken. Absolutely. But I think it's my responsibility to think how am I feeling that day so if I feel rubbish about myself or my life or something's happened I actually won't go onto Instagram I think it's about us taking responsibility I think and everyone's different and everyone kind of appreciates different content on social media and responds to it differently but it is interesting to see that more and more mums are now starting to act we are seeing a bit of a you could a, a backlash. backlash yeah so we actually did some research here ourselves we kind of looked at what mums were talking about on social media looked at the forums and what the type of conversation was and we found that actually it's almost 60% of mums are finding it hard to relate to kind of mummy bloggers on social media with this kind of like overstage content and are starting to now unfollow them so I think it's got to a point now where well like I say mums are starting to act and take it into their own hands by unfollowing and I think it's a really positive thing especially this stat which came out of the study which really surprised me how long a mum spending additionally on social media than when they were before a mum I don't think you guys are going to believe this so the majority of mums are spending it's the equivalent of almost a day online each week and I think it was something like more than three hours online each day more than they were before they were a mum yeah so before so, they were a mum they were spending, say, whatever, two Excellent. hours. Yeah. Now they're among they're spending three more. Yeah. Three more, so exactly. let's say yeah. five hours. Yeah. What came out around what people are looking for with those extra hours? So I think it's actually, if you look at what mums really kind of crave when they kind of go onto social media, they're looking for connection and solidarity almost amongst other mums. So we found that I think a quarter are looking at Facebook and about the same or turning to Instagram. They're looking for tips and advice from other parents. And it goes back to that point that actually as a parent, you are sometimes a bit restricted about in terms of where you can go in the early days of being a mum like venturing to the shops is quite a big mission so you are at home quite a lot of the time and in your spare time you are going to kind of go onto your phone and see what else is going on there and I think you know kind of social media provides us almost like this window into what other mums are doing so if you're looking for kind of advice and tips on what do I do especially in those kind of early weeks of being a mum you're going to go onto social media to see what other mums are suggesting what influencers are suggesting and recommending and you're going to go there for tips and advice from other parents so I think they're obviously really looking for that connection that solidarity with other mums so it's a shame that they're obviously not getting that because what they're then confronted with quite often is this very unrealistic portrayal of what parenthood is like mm, depending on who they follow of exactly but it's so interesting to me that stat I've thought about it loads because I find it really shocking mm. I get that someone might be someone who goes online a lot but three extra hours a day when they become a mum <laughs> yeah. you know what came out of the study wasn't it that the third thing that people are 
looking for around those online communities and forums. And I think they can be incredibly helpful. Mm, absolutely. Instagram, Facebook, things like Mums Now, I guess, other forums like that. But I think it's really important. Like anything, it's nuanced, isn't it? Because I can share what works for me with Jesse, although I don't. <laughs> but it might not work for yeah. someone else. And I feel like the danger of always going for our phone, particularly at that 3 a.m. Yeah. breastfeed, mm is that if we're already tired and depleted, we are likely to get what I see a lot on forums and Instagram at the extremes. Yeah. So it's quite rare that you'll get someone just sharing a very balanced middle Always, ground yeah. view. You'll often get the, you must never give a dummy, or you'll mm. get the, I gave a dummy from when they were day one. Yeah. And I find both of those really unhelpful. Yeah. So I think there's something around discernment and realising that when we go online, you are likely to get extreme views because those are the people who are sharing passionately. Absolutely. You know, as we know, you know, you get the, gosh, almost everything in parenting is polarised, isn't it? Yeah. So I think that's something really important yeah. for people to remember as well. And we're seeing that, aren't we? That Some of that came out in the, in the survey, didn't it? Around Facebook particularly, actually. Actually, Facebook and Instagram, about 27% of Facebook and 28% of Instagram are looking for inspiration, support, guidance. Absolutely, yeah. As um, well as products and services. Absolutely, so you can see from that that that's what mums are turning to social for. But it's whether, I guess, kind of influencers and brands are actually meeting those needs. And I think, you know, there's a job there and a role there for brands and for influencers to actually help meet the needs of mums more effectively mm. well let's talk about brands because you obviously work with brands day in day out do you think brands are doing a good enough job at how they talk to mums what change do you want to see you can see from the kind of the research there's this real desire from mums to they want to kind of consume this more authentic more realistic content on social media that's what they want that's clear you can see that from the fact that they are starting to unfollow influences that they don't feel are giving them that and then you can see that from the kind of the research that we've commissioned in terms of the pressure that it's putting them under and I think so what we're keen to see more of is brands responding to that I think you can't lay the blame purely at influencers it kind of a lot of influencers are they're doing a job and if they feel that that's the type of content that that brands want from them that's the kind of the picture that they're gonna paint yeah and a lot of them have a lot of followers, yeah. which is why they get their money from yeah. brands paying them to promote. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of them are businesses at the end of the day. But I think given we can see what mums want, I think they want to see other mums that are experiencing kind of the same issues that they are. So there needs to be, I think, kind of the smart brands are the ones that are going to start kind of adapting their approach and kind of building campaigns that are a lot more authentic and a lot more, more realistic and working with influencers that kind of reflect reflect that as well. What brands are getting it right? There's a few that are kind of have started to do it. So like Water Wipes is a great example. They're doing a whole campaign around like this is parenthood. If you look at their Instagram, there's this whole conversation on the realities of parenting. Yeah. And they provide this really nice platform for people to speak openly and honestly about their own kind of parenting experience. And that's a really nice example of kind of Yeah, of and they work with my friend Anna Matha. 
who a lot of people right. love. Yeah. And know she's been on the podcast and, and it was a great campaign. Yeah. I loved it. Very honest, very real. I was real already a user well. of water wipes, but yes. I think if I wasn't, <laughs> I would probably yeah. think about shifting to yeah. them because of that campaign. They've taken a really kind of honest approach to marketing in terms of how they reach mums and they can connect with them on a really emotional level because, yeah. you know, mums will instantly relate to what they're seeing on their Instagram. I think Baby Dove done a really good job as well. So they've got their whole real mums and real dads campaign and they've got a lot of really kind of unfiltered kind of authentic content on their social media channels as well a lot around kind of like real birth stories they've worked with some really great influencers as well to kind of help kind of break down those kind of stereotypes and I think a lot of what their their approach is around this like there's no right or wrong way to kind of to parent everyone is different and they've really incorporated that into their approach on social media as well so I mean there are definitely brands that are doing it but I think there's still kind of there's still a way to go so I think it's a job of it's the brands and it's the influence that they work on in terms of just coming up with this more realistic portrayal of what parenthood is like and embracing that kind of shift that we're starting to see from mums and what they want to see on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the brand and the influencer side of it. But what we also found from the study, which was a little bit that you were referencing around this vicious cycle, but some of the stats around what the people that we surveyed are doing to their images. Mm. Didn't we find that people are taking an average of three images before they're posting one? Yeah. 46% of mums feel this pressure to have like a better or more interesting presence. Yeah. Which I find really interesting because even with like the honest influencers and, and mummy bloggers... I think people still compare themselves to because they think, well, hang on a minute, you're on maternity leave and yet you're out there, Absolutely. you know, at this yeah. event. Yes, you might be talking about how hard it is. You're still out there mm. dressed with yeah. some lipstick on and <laughs> And I'm sat here in my joggers and yeah, my baby vomit all over me. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's always remembering. Mm. I'm going to go through some tips, but I think for me, it's always remembering don't compare your insides how you feel yeah. to someone else's outside seat. having been on those panels we've all stepped off and a lot of us have like collapsed in a heap on the floor and gone oh my god we're so tired but <laughs> we don't show that on yeah. any of the so even when it's honest even when we're talking about Definitely. real life it's still easy to compare to that yeah and I think if you actually like even if I was to look back at my own Instagram profile that's not actually what my everyday life is like of course Obviously, not it's I a highlight really it's not some highlights and that's what I want to share but yeah yes absolutely then there's like kind of you know you have the effect on on others that are seeing that and there's this kind of whole sense that actually that's what motherhood should be like and but then is not... instagram is a counter not that instagram is a visual platform should we not be trying to make things i mean this isn't my view but i'm just devil's advocating <laughs> here shouldn't we be trying to make it look you know as beautiful it's as it can yeah everything. yeah i mean i think you can look at it both ways but i think what's interesting is that we're obviously seeing that a lot of mums that's not what they want to see this more real and this more kind of honest portrayal of what it's like rather than just the beautifully curated and i would say we can let that start with us so you know my mother kind you know it's not really about my life as a parent if i'm honest it's more about my coaching and mm. you know i share more advice and coaching tools and but if i do share a picture of jesse and i although i don't share pictures of jesse anymore because now she's so recognizable yeah. but when i did mm. i tried to make it look quite you know i would never stage no a photo although in some ways maybe i did because i did have a shoot that i used for branded images so like yeah. everything it's never black and white is no. it but I think we can start to take responsibility 
So if you're listening to this, nodding along and thinking, yeah, I wish there was more real stuff on Instagram, you could start, that person could start, couldn't they, mm. by sharing more of their real life yeah, on Instagram. Definitely. And then so you've got things like Instagram stories, for example, where that's a real opportunity to show, I guess, a more that more authentic real life kind of side of things as well. And I think the growing kind of popularity of that is kind of like, I guess, testament to that desire from mums and many consumers to want to see that more kind of authentic side of things as well. Yeah. So let's share some of the tips then that you and I have curated together and I'll ask you a little bit about <laughs> your own social media use. So the first thing that I think is that if you're struggling with social media, I always say to clients and friends sometimes, get clear on your intention. So why are you using it? Is it, are you going to have a private account and you just want to share pictures of your family and friends or actually you do because you want to grow your business maybe you've started a blog and you want to be growing that or is it to learn or do you want to be inspired and I think when you can get really clear on your why then I think that can really help with how you curate your feed and who you follow you're on Instagram presumably I am yes what's your why why are you on Instagram (laughs) Is yours private? <laughs> Mine is private. Okay, yeah. So you're, so you just want to share. You're I not on yeah. there as yeah. Natasha PR. No, I'm not on there as. Yeah, no. So I selected to who I allowed to follow me, and um, yeah. So for mine, it is more personal. It's almost like a bit of an album for me, so that I can kind of look back through the years. And it probably started around the time that I had my daughter. So it's quite a nice kind of little album of me looking back through key highlights and moments throughout my life. And I'd share that with, it's an opportunity to share it with kind of friends and family through Instagram. But for me, it's not a kind of a platform to share with the wider public. It's a lot more personal. And then again, like I said, in terms of who I follow, I will unfollow people that I perhaps feel aren't kind of offering me the kind of the advice that I want on Instagram. They're not kind of showing the content that's making me feel kind of positive about myself you know, if I'm following someone I'm feeling like it's not having a kind of a positive impact on me then I will unfollow um, even if that was a friend because this is something that I get asked mm. is it okay to love someone in real life and be friends with them in real life but just get really triggered or just hate what they share yeah. maybe they do yeah. share those like beautifully curated images and you know they've just had a really rubbish morning Uh, yeah no that's true I haven't experienced that myself personally but yes I I think but it's a very personal thing social media in terms of what you get from it and if you feel like I think whoever it is that you're following if you feel that that's not having a positive effect on you then unfollow and I think and actually that's one stat that we had I think I don't think I mentioned earlier but we found that I think it's only like 8% of mums feel positive and uplifted by social influences yeah that was a really important one And that's actually, that's an incredibly low stat. That's like a really Well, I would say, why are you following? It's like, there's a phrase that is coming to my mind, which is, if it hurts, stop looking. It's almost like self-sabotage. If you are having people in your feed that consistently make you feel rubbish for whatever reason, Mm. have enough self-love and self-respect and unfollow them so something else that I would say around social media is I hear a lot that people are checking it first thing and last thing and I get that because that's maybe before the children are awake or after they've gone to bed but our minds are particularly susceptible so first thing in the morning 
cortisol is the stress hormone that wakes us up, right? Mm-hmm. Cortisol is also responsible for anxiety. It's responsible for our flight, fright, freeze response. So if you're waking up and checking Instagram, you are likely to find that even more challenging yeah. than if you were mm. checking it in the middle of the day. Equally, at the end of the day, if you're checking Instagram before you go to sleep, you're going to find it a lot harder to find that restful, restorative. You're going to be tired. You might find it even more triggering. So I always say to people, don't be checking it. Like I don't check mine pre 9 a.m. And I try, try and have my phone away by 9 p.m. Yeah, I'd say I'm very guilty of actually. I'm one of those people that will like check. Do you check it first thing? I do, yeah. Is your phone in your room? It is, right next to my right oh next to my head gosh I'm gonna stage an intervention yeah. I know that's the majority for a mm. lot of mums like you say as soon as you know the alarm goes off if the children aren't awake at that point it's a nice opportunity just to kind of check your phone you know check the news and then check your social media channels as well the thing I would say about that 86% of smartphone users do that by mm. the way so you're definitely not <laughs> alone but if we're talking about you know some of the pressures that we saw yeah you know 40% of mums feeling in this study that they want to look after their own well-being 25% of mums said they wish they felt less stressed and anxious if you start the day in reaction so if you're looking at your inbox someone else's to-do list Instagram is someone else's highlight feed the news is pretty much 98% negative (laughs) it's really hard from that space if that's how we open our day Mm -hmm. to then get into okay what's my intention for the day what's important for me today so I think that could be quite a powerful thing for you to change (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to invite you to change that Um, just because it links to the stats of what we're seeing if you're struggling with you know feeling less stressed and anxious one of the first things I say to my coaching clients, phone out of the room. Yeah. And sometimes they can't believe the difference that that yeah. tiny change mm. will make to how they feel. So I wake up, and I'm not that I'm perfect, but I will think, right, first thing I think about is I'm pretty happy that I've woken up for another day. Some gratitude. I'll listen for some birds, because that just grounds me in where I am. And then I'll think, what's my intention for the day? Mm. And then, yeah, I'll get just a And then I'll check my phone yeah. But it does make a massive difference because when I was waking up and checking my phone and my emails, particularly when I was in a big job like you are, I found that really overwhelming. Absolutely. And I think you always feel as though you've kind of like, that's an opportunity to catch up on things. Yeah. Whether it is, you know, work emails or whether it is, you know, just like checking news or checking social media that's your little window because you can you know still do that to... though but you could take 10 minutes before you do that yes just so that you're starting <laughs> your day with what's important to yeah. you not with what's important to the world because that is going to make you feel overwhelmed yeah okay we sorted that out for you so the other thing i would say and we've touched on it and the report touched on it is remembering that social media however honest the feed okay so my feed is really honest I share my struggles. I share a lot about my childhood even. Mm. It's still only 60, 70% I don't share of my reality. So it's always remembering that it's a highlight reel, isn't it? Absolutely. And then the last tip that I would say is around the time tracker. So thinking about how long we're spending online. Because mm. we've got that stat, haven't we, from the study about... Oh, I just the screen time. Going on about yeah, that we're spending three hours and 26 more minutes yeah. now that we're mums online. Yeah. Which is so do you track how long you're spending 
I actually have a little uh, pop-up on my phone that reminds me of my screen time. I've got, every, which I didn't activate myself. It's just somehow. I've <laughs> got this one on Instagram that says you spent an hour on Instagram yeah, today. Uh, I mean, typically <laughs> I just ignore it and then go back on. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> it's quite a useful, like, oh, okay. It is. It's a real eye-opener and it's suddenly, it's in black and white in front of you. So how much time you have actually spent on your phone that week. And that's a, it's a useful reminder. Yeah, and as you said, we found from the research that it's, it's the equivalent to almost a day online each week, which is like, you know, if you add that up throughout the course of a year, it's a huge amount of time to be spending online. To yeah. Spend on social and media. I hear this a lot. I don't have time to do any self-care. And I'm like, well, how long are you spending online? Mm. I mean, clearly, yeah. the stats are there. <laughs> yeah. And it's not about saying don't go online because it can be incredibly positive, enriching, supportive. You know, mother kind has grown because of Instagram. Mm. I say, could you shave 20 minutes off that for your own self-care so set yourself a limit for 20 minutes less than your average and use those 20 minutes to do something for yourself whether it's writing in your journal which is what I'm always going on about or maybe going on a meditation app and doing a guided meditation or something something else and I think the other thing which is important to mention is around not only the why you're on social media but what the intention is for going on it at that moment because I know if I can feel triggered like if something happens or I get an uncomfortable feeling one of the things that I can do is just grab my phone because it's a really effective numbing tool (laughs) it's really great yeah because it just takes me out of myself So that's the other thing. I think it's just not necessarily changing that, just being aware of it. Oh, I'm just numbing on Instagram. And sometimes I'll say to my husband, I am numbing out on Instagram. I'm aware of what I'm doing. Something's triggered me and I don't feel ready to feel it right now. Yeah. So I think that's another really important thing Absolutely. to think about. Yeah. We're coming to the end. What do you want people to take away from this study and from the episode? I want people to take away that if they're finding it hard, it's because it is hard. And I keep repeating that phrase, you know, that it's very real, these pressures. And these study that we've done together has proven that, you know, this was done all across the country, all of mums of different ages, of different income groups, single mums, married mums, and everything in between. And what we're seeing is that the pressure is real and that we need to be much more mindful about how we're using social media yeah and I think from opposite it's very similar it's more about it's about not being too influenced by what you see don't um, be too influenced by the influencers yeah I think just be mindful of the fact that you know a lot of what is out there is not what kind of motherhood, what parenthood is like. You know, it may feel like it's kind of putting you under pressure to kind of to keep up with what you're seeing out there, but the instinct is going to be to draw a comparison between your own life and what you're seeing out there. But, you know, everyone's kind of experience of motherhood is very different. And I think what we would like to see is obviously that more kind of realistic, authentic, real-life picture out there through social media so that mums don't feel like they're under this pressure to kind of for this kind of quest for perfection yeah fantastic thank you so that's it thank you for listening to the episode i hope you really enjoyed it and if you did please do leave a review on itunes it does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content if you were listening to that episode thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about, then just tag them in on Instagram. My bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there. People often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends. So 
If that's you, then please do. I feel like the guests that we have on the podcast, their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide. So help me make that happen. I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme which is a three-month program called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.